following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Tostitos, helping fans get in on the game. The official chip and the official dip of Talking Cowboys. Glad you're with us here from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco as we break down the Washington football team and the, the Dallas Cowboys. The Washingtons, as Mickey <laughs> likes to call them. Mickey said that he does that on purpose, and I, I feel like that's... I love it. It's funny. I like it a lot. <laughs> but, yeah, Washington football team. We're talking about the Washington offense and the Cowboys defense today, but we've got plenty to get to here over the next 45 minutes. Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Kyle Yeomans with you. No Rob Phillips today or tomorrow as he had some some business to take care of, but we will see Rob back sooner uh, rather than later as hopefully you gonna he's back on You going to be able to get through Friday. it, Isaiah? I would be okay, my friend. Are you, you going to be Are all right? Be okay? You're sitting in the chair. You're filling the shoes. The I'm, I feel like, very, oh, I feel he's like missing I'm on his, an island right now. He's missing his Rob. I feel like I'm on an island. You know? On a, um, <laughs> P. Island. Rob P. Island. <laughs> I'm on an island by myself That's on right. that side of the table. That's right. Oh, man, we've got a lot to get to. No, Not a ton of news and notes. Usually we start this show with news and notes with Rob, but there's not a ton to, to go with, especially since yesterday, with it being a long week, was one of the more quiet Tuesdays you've had in, in quite some time. Most of the news is going to rain down tomorrow, uh, or at least today, as the Cowboys do get back on the practice field uh, today. And then they'll get into kind of the the injury reports and things of the sort. Is Randy Gregory, are Neville Gallimore, those two guys going to be back uh, heading into this Washington matchup? But you guys, are you guys a little nervous about this matchup at all? Yep. Why is that? I think this team's better than, um, first first of all, it's a divisional, whoa, right? It's this divisional little competition. And then second of all, these guys are, these guys are, they're sneaky good. They're sneaky good. And it's, it's, I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I think the areas that they're strong in, we're still trying to figure out. And, uh, you know, we need, I think we need to be hitting on all cylinders, much like last week, in order to, to pull this one out. What are some of those areas that they're strong in? I, I, as I dive more in, into their, their running scheme, I know yesterday I talked about their individual runners in terms of uh, Gibson and McKissick, but I, I think their running scheme is actually pretty sneaky as well. I think that they run, they run a lot of counters, a lot of powers, a lot of pu- pulling a lot of guards, leaving the defensive end backside. Um, and, I, and I think that we just have not. Um, enforced our will on the line of scrimmage yet. And I think that against this running scheme, you have to be able to do that. So we definitely need a defensive line presence, and the linebackers are going to have to, at the second level are going to have to be very aggressive. Yeah, I think they've gone on a, on a winning streak. Um, and, and some of the teams that they've beat obviously have beat you. So uh, it, when you start doing a comparison, uh, how do we size up? You start looking at the games that you lost and the games that they won. What did they do? I mean, and so I go back and I watch the Tampa tape. And t- to me, I just felt like Tampa walked in and underestimated mm-hmm. them. And, and just like with any team, if you underestimate them and you give them life and Tom Brady throws a couple of uh, interceptions on their side of the field and you give them momentum and they are hard to stop once they get momentum, especially at home. So um, Taylor Heineke, to me, is serviceable. 
Um, I, I, he's has been an overachiever for most of his career. I think the Cowboys have to uh, put themselves in a position defensively to create turnovers. This is that game where you have to create turnovers and force mistakes uh, on this team. But nothing about them, per se, makes me nervous. I think if you stick to the, the ball that you've been playing here, uh, let's just start from last week to this week, all right, but just some of the great things that you've done defensively, I think this is, this is a game that you win and you can win it big. I think that's the the matchup that's going to win you this game is your defense over your offense. It's going to be a lot like last week, and the offense has an opportunity here to fi- figure things out. They're going to get pressured by guys like Jonathan Allen and guys yep. on that Washington defense. Dak Prescott will be <laughs> under pressure, but this I feel like this is a game where the, the Dallas defense can really take over despite some of the inconsistencies in the run game and kind of like what you were talking about against teams that – Washington has been successful against the Cowboys, have not necessarily been that successful against them here over the last couple of weeks. During that four-game win streak, two of those wins against teams that the Cowboys have lost to, the Las Vegas Raiders, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they beat the Carolina Panthers by a single score, and then they beat the lowly Seahawks by just two. It was 17-15, the final score. Same score of the Raiders game, too. The lowly, the lowly who? Oh, they're that. <laughs> they're the lowly Seahawks. Yeah, I know, I that man, they're terrible. Right that now. man just threw some mud on your team, yeah, man. Okay. We, he probably the... revved up the engine too. Them boys are not good right now. Revved <laughs> up the engine. There, yeah, they're not very good. But Washington certainly gave them a game, or at least Seattle gave Washington a game. But the final, kind of. Right along the lines of the Cowboys' final five games of the regular season, the Cowboys play four of those five against divisional foes. All five of Washington's final games are against the NFC East. It's mm-hmm. Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly, and then New York to, to end it out. So that's really we're odd. Not, we're not too much different. No, no, because we've got, of course, Washington, then the Giants, right. then back to Washington. So. The matchmakers wanted it to come down to December. Right. They, that's what they wanted. And At least they could make it a little a little less obvious, nah, right? Nah, they wanted it to be in your face obvious that we want December to be the month that everybody is scratching and clawing trying to get those last little positions to go to the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting. You know, and I'm glad you say that because <laughs> this is such a crucial game, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, is how if you win the game, it's a three-game lead. If right. you lose it, it's a one-game lead. A full two-game swing as most divisional games are, but at this point in the in the the season, that makes this game that much more important. What is the temperature of this locker room right now? Because you had the three or four losses, you were able to get back on track, but it was still sloppy at times against the New Orleans Saints. So what do you feel like this locker room, confidence-wise, where do you feel like they're at at the moment? Because I feel like it's kind of hard to gauge. I mean, I would I would honestly say that I, I think their confidence has to be high. They have to feel good about where they are right now. They're getting a lot of people back. Uh, they were able to get Amari Cooper back. And you saw just with – man, and he was more of a decoy he last a week <laughs> than anything. But I think offensively, they've got to feel good about where they were. They've got to feel good about, you know, some of the – and I keep using this word momentum. But when they were going into that six-game winning streak, some of the things that were clicking for them offensively um, and getting – Getting guys back healthy like Michael Gallup. Defensively, 
I think these turnovers and sacks and pressures that they've been getting on the quarterback, they've got to feel good about that too. So going into December or going against your division, you got to look at this like you're 0-0. This is a whole other thing with the division foes that you go against and you got to try and squeak out. You got to get as many of these wins and go into the playoffs with that momentum and feeling as good about yourself as you can. You know, I just I just think right now, as you, you say temperature, I think they should be feeling really good about themselves right now. Good. I think they should be just above lukewarm. Just above lukewarm. Not, not, not hot. Because you're still eight and four. You, 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 I mean, you're eight and four. Not, the record, the record to me doesn't mean anything. Yeah. The record, the record doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, that's the stats, records, all that jazz is cool. But when you start going against opponents like this at this time of the year, that stuff really doesn't matter. It really comes down to who's going to ball out. It comes down to how effective are you going to be against your opponent, right? The record, no, they, Washington's not going to care what their record is when they when they step on that field. Neither is Dallas. It's going to be all about who can execute. And you know, these guys have kind of they they whooped our tails last year. You know, obviously it's a different year. Obviously we didn't have Dak and all the other things that we could throw in there. At the end of the day, the areas that we were weak last year, we still haven't necessarily shored up. So that raises concern for me, and I think that for them has to be some form of a question mark until they can prove that they've that they, they've solidified that. When you say the the record doesn't matter, in, in what context are you saying that? Going up against the division? Are you your division foe? Are you just saying? I'm saying that, once you step on the field, once you step on the field, I mean, yeah, we can talk about records and all that jazz as you approach the game, and hey, what what happens if you lose? What happens if you win? But once you step on the field, you're not worried about your record. You're, not, you're yeah. really not concerned about your record. You're worried about, hey, we need to take care of these cats regardless of what the outcome of the game is. We need to go out here and handle our business. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think the ball kick is kicking off and, and Dak is saying, oh, we're 8-4. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, the, as far as the what's created this whole season, if there was a narrative uh-huh. to this season from where they were just going into Tampa and the team that you thought that they were going to be to what they are right now, defensively, I think you, you would agree that this is a different team from 2021 than who they were in 2020. Oh, no, no, no question at all. I don't think that's a question at all. What I'm thinking about in terms of the temperature, I don't think that you can be hot when you have question marks. You can't be hot when you have question marks. They, I'm, in, my, in my head, if, you have, if, I'm, if I'm hot, passing game's on point. Running game's on point. Run defense is on point. Passing defense is Kind on of point. how the Cowboys were in the six-game win streak. Absolutely. Where absolutely. it felt like everything was going what right. Team is, what, what team checks all those boxes for you? Nobody. I don't feel like right anybody now. can say that they're hot. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't feel like anybody can say that they're okay. hot. This year's been New this England, year's been maybe. Crazy. Right now, New England, New England's rolling, but I, even them, they're not hot. You know, in terms of the passing, they can run the ball on you all day long, um, and they're figuring things out passing wise. That we knew that they were going to continually get better as that quarterback continued to got, get more reps and get more confidence. But I don't, I can't, I don't feel as if I don't think we're anywhere near the confidence level that we were first part, first part of the season. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm not. I don't feel that confidence. I don't know about you guys. I don't feel that same sense of security. I feel like we go into the games now, and I feel like what what's going to happen. I don't, you know, I feel like before you know midseason, we felt like oh, we go out there and just just smack up anybody. I don't have that same vibe, that same energy right now. Why is that the case? Because I mean, the inconsistency. That's that the inconsistency. Is that on the the offense? Is that on the defense? Is that is there someone specific to blame, or is it the entire team? As I think a whole? It's, I think it's the in every aspect. There's been times, and this is every team, right? But especially right now, 
we had a lot of concerns about the special teams. A lot of people had a lot of concerns about the special teams. But guess what? That's sheared up. That's getting a lot better. Now you start talking about Kellen Moore was in his bag first part of the year. Offense was hitting on all cylinders. And guess what? Then we had some injuries. Right? Some receivers went down. Then you know we now we running big game is is slim to none. The passing game kind of fell off because Dak came off the calf injury. He wasn't. He hasn't been as accurate since then. So there's question marks around the pass. There's definitely question marks around around the run. There's question marks about protection. Right now there's question marks. Okay, can we can we stop a, a running a um, a running team that's going to be adamant about the run because the last two times we faced Gibson, he's had 120 plus yards. Can we stop that? He's going to be confident coming in here. No right? doubt. Passing wise, defensively, okay, can our defensive backs handle these guys? I think we're pretty good on that regard. But there's a, there's more question marks than there are answers. Now there's hope. There's a ton of hope. Guys coming back. There, most of the conversation around the Cowboys right now is what's going to happen when our guys come back. Not necessarily what is actually taking place on the field. What is this? What is the saying in the NFL though? Hope is not a strategy. No, it's definitely not. No, and I appreciate that. I guess from the standpoint when I ask who is, and you say no one is, then hell, you're not judging based off of a curve because nobody's actually getting that. Watch the crisp apple from you. I just feel as though you know. It, look, I agree. I agree with that, and I think that you know, as far as your assessment of the entire league and the way that teams are playing. Look, everybody's looking to hit stride. Um, even Tampa, the, the division champs, mm-hmm. where they were last year this time, yep. they were like, man, everybody was saying that they're not going to Super Bowl. That was a bad pickup by, by Tampa. I just believe that there are some things that you're starting to see uh, from your team, and, and you can look at the cause and effect from the injuries that you just talked about. Dak battled through that Saints game uh, and was able to complete some passes and get guys open. Seeing Michael Gallup back on the field with his other two amigos, you just see how things are going along. I'm not saying that they're red hot right now, yeah. not at all. But I think the and it's not even a hope. It's just that you're getting key guys back that can help you defensively and you see how Amari Cooper impacts the offense. Is that something that can happen this week though? And I'm not necessarily talking about Gallimore and Gregory cuz we still are at this point unsure whether or not they will be available but now that Cooper has been limited in at least one game and he's back and hopefully the 10 days helps him out maybe 10 days helps out Ezekiel Elliott do you expect that to click now or do you expect it to click two or three weeks down the road when they get a little bit more opportunity to have some snaps and some continuity well, hope is not a strategy, but, yeah. I, but I hope it's now. But yeah, you know, I, that's what I want it to be. You would like to think that if you do, from where Randy Gregory left off, I mean, he was having Pro Bowl caliber reps. You yeah. were saying, like, look, man, if he could keep this up all year, oh, yeah. He's not only is he going to get the bag, he's going to get the big bag, uh, according to the way that he's playing. Yep. The same with, you know, we were talking about Amari Cooper and can uh, Gallup be a number one receiver in the league? Look, we, those questions were answered as well. I just feel like, Kyle, look, you're getting the guys that you need to make the run. It'd be different if you were going into this and all of your guys were hurt. And then you'd be talking from a whole other perspective on what this team could be. I just think that right now it's solid. We, we look solid. I feel solid about where we're going into December and – Again, I don't know what Neville Gallimore is going to bring. He hadn't been on the field all year. You're so, exactly right. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I know what Tristan Hill can bring because we've seen the little sample size from him. <laughs> so I'm okay with that. I felt bad about losing Urban because we know that we have to control the line of scrimmage, and that's where we've been getting hit the most. I worry about Gibson. I, I think, look, his physicality in 2020 to me, was a, that was an embarrassment to see the way that he ran over our guys last year. I just think that physically, speed-wise, our defense is in a, a completely different zone. I just don't see them showing up 
and beating the brakes off of us like, you know, they did last year. Yeah, I, I honestly just feel that most of the confidence right now, around at least revolving around the Dallas' defense, comes around one person, Micah. And if that person, hopefully, never ever nothing ever happens to him. But if that person, you better is not knock on, on some yeah, wood. If that person is not on the field, how do you feel about your defense? I mean, I still guys have to step up. I understand that guys have to step up, but how do you feel about your defense feel, if he's not there? I feel better now than I would have two weeks ago about that defense because of D Law, because of guys coming back. Yes, and because of Jerron Curse, it's what you built your team for in the training in training camp. Yeah, and Curse has stepped up and played mm-hmm. exceptionally well. And we're going to ask a question later on about who's been the most surprising part of the defense, and I'm assuming Curse is going to be in that conversation. But the the whole point of what you did in the offseason the, all the roster building, all the acquisition mm-hmm. all the Stephen Jones 24-7 deal of hey, it's a 24-7 business of building a roster they built it to have depth sure, the top end talent is there when you don't have that top end talent, you're going to see holes, that's what Demarcus Lawrence left that's what Randy Gregory has left, that's what if Michael Parsons is not available will leave on that <laughs> defense and luckily that's not the case at the moment <laughs> right. and all of that top end talent is starting to get back and healthy you're not supposed to win games or at least be a Super Bowl contender if your top end talent's not available. And going to hope is not a strategy, but what you're saying is now that you're getting that top end talent back, there's no reason it shouldn't, shouldn't start clicking here over the next couple weeks. And think about the Washington football team. They lose Chase Young. And then they go on a winning streak. And they play better. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's almost weird to even think about or consider the rookie of the year last year that had seven and a half sacks, and now he's gone and your defense is playing better. How? Where? You guys have to step up. And that all comes from the leadership at the top. We talk about culture. We talk about Dan Quinn's effect on this defense. Yeah. And I don't think of it any other way, especially when I see it being played out on other teams. Mm-hmm. At least 120 yards rushing in each of the last two games for Antonio Gibson. <laughs> And this Washington football team offense. When we come back, we talk about the football team. What do they bring from a strength standpoint on the offensive side of the football? And how do the Cowboys counter it on defense when we come back with more Talking Cowboys? There's nothing as unique as our eyes. Which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision. Essential Blue for protection. And Grisol for freedom from glare three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar and a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. 
the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's a great people, great pay replay on Talking Cowboys. Jason Witten has joined the Caliber Collision team. You can join him to do great work with great people for great pay and apply right now at jobsatcaliber.com. That's jobsatcaliber.com. We don't have the brick slammed on the bet desk. Money. I week. bet money. Rob's at home right now with that brick in his back pocket. Boom! <laughs> yeah, home. Threw it on his <laughs> table. <laughs> messing up his back right now. <laughs> He's walking around the house creaking the back. And Let me just help him declutter that thing, man. Just take one thing out a day, Rob. His, his birth certificate's in that thing. <laughs> no. Hold it up. He's got his, his no. house keys and the jumper cables. Jumper yeah. cables. <laughs> hey, that's a dad wallet right there. Now, now we talked to about yesterday, I'm, I'm hoping he's tuning out at this point. But we were going to get him a wallet for Christmas. Are we? Are we all going in on that? Are we going to get him one of those like going sleek to, ones? Uh, now we're going for the pro shop. I might get him a binder. Get him a binder. Put in <laughs> cowboy. Go wallet. to the back to school aisle. At, <laughs> at he needs one Albertsons. of those. He needs one of those Velcro ones. That once it starts oh, to get ugly, damn. the Velcro won't go back. Ooh. Then that'll be the telltale sign. That'll be when <laughs> you just can't keep it no more, bro. <laughs> When's the last time you had a Velcro wallet? It's been ages. I was about to say, I haven't had one. In I don't think I ever had one. Middle school. Probably, yeah. I was thinking like middle school, My first fifth wallet. grade. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have nothing to put in a wallet. Oh. <laughs> Stop it. Did you hit him with the all? <laughs> I did. <laughs> you guys are so privileged. Get him a wallet. Oh, zipper. <laughs> yes. Zipper wallet. Zipper Zip. wallet. He needs yeah. it. I think it's crazy. I want to. You need. I think we need to make him sleek and get him the the wallet that goes on the back of the There's phone. There's no way in hell he can do that. There's no way. He's, you don't he, think so? Rob has trust issues. Anybody that has that kind of wallet has legit trust issues. Mm. He's packing it all in, bro. <laughs> he doesn't. I might forget something. Never knows. You get one for his phone cover and it's like you can't lift up his phone anymore Oof. oh no. everything's on speaker Oof. <laughs> Oof. uh chris in the in the break brought up a really good point that no team or there's only been two teams that, the, that have swept the nfc east in the last what 20 years chris and more than that more than that then and the cowboys of course would have to sweep the nfc east it, by winning four of their last five the only one that would not be there would be the cardinals and then the Washington football team has only played one divisional game, and their last five are all against the NFC East. The last time the Cowboys did it was in 1998, back in the Chan Gailey days. Dude, that surprises me when I saw that. because Isn't that you wild? Think, think about it. How many Super Bowls the Cowboys won in the 90s, and they never swept the division? At any point throughout those runs? Nope. Wow. To tell you how contentious those, those meetings were, boy. Mm-hmm. Buddy Ryan, Jimmy Johnson, Philly. <laughs> oh, you don't have any coaching rivalries like that anymore. Maybe you do now. And and Buffalo and those guys don't like each other. Mm-mm. That coach was bothered by what Bill did. <laughs> yeah, Buffalo and New England. Yeah, I feel like there's there's coaching rivalries, but there's a lot of turnover in some of the big brands lately in the NFL, and I think it needs to kind of get to that point. I feel like Andy Reid is probably one of those guys that's starting to solidify himself with the Chiefs, but before then it was the turnover from him going to the Eagles to the Chiefs, and then the Cowboys haven't had a stable 
decision since I guess Garrett, <laughs> but there's there's a lot of things that I, I guess play into that. But I bet you it comes back. I bet um, you there's Mike some... McCarthy takes a swing at Riverboat Run. <laughs> not gonna happen. <laughs> no, that ain't gonna happen. That'd be fun though. Uh, all right, let's talk about this run game. Gibson and company have had their fair share of success against the Cowboys' defense the last couple of seasons, most notably last year where the Cowboys were just dominated in two games against the Washington football team, both on Thanksgiving, 41-16, to and then back in week, what was it, eight of the season, seven of the season, and it was 25-3 to at FedEx Field. They go back out to Maryland for this one, and now they're going to have to face Gibson and possibly J.D. McKissick back there as well. Another tandem backfield that's been pretty good this year, but Gibson is definitely the main star of that. Isaiah, when you look at the film, what scares you the most about what those tailbacks and what that running game can do against the Cowboys up front? Their their running scheme is set up for big plays. It's where you down, where you down. If you're out of if you choose wrong in terms of your your leverage on the defensive line, a big play is right there, ready to happen. It's not it's not a downhill, hey, we're shooting this one gap type of offense. These guys are literally running a zone scheme and they're they're, they're leaving the backside defensive end free. They're running tight ends on the backside, receivers to cut off the backside, and there's these big gaping holes that present themselves, and it takes one cut to tear in something that should be two, three yards into something that's a 50-yard play and I think that they have the patience to to just chip away chip away and wait for that big opportunity and um, hopefully that doesn't occur obviously but I think that that's the way that this offense is set up and then with Heineke he's gaining confidence he's really gaining confidence and allowing that run game to set up and really set up their play action because all their run plays they have a route off of their run plays every single run play that they have whether it's a counter whether it's a power or a regular zone whether it's a, a, a RPO they have a pass, a passing option off of it. And they're really just setting you up. It reminds me of old school West Coast offense where it's like, hey, we hand the ball off, but if you don't respect this backside, you know, they tell, try to, we'll throw this thing, we'll boot out mm-hmm. of it. And he has the ability to obviously get out on the edge and, and create some issues as well, especially with, with both of their route runners back now. No, I, I saw that too. Um, and when I watch the running game, I try and watch it from the end zone copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I saw from Gibson is they the linemen give him a two-way go. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not there, like you said, it's on the backside, and the way you have to read and respect it yeah. from an RPO standpoint, it gives him that. You have to close off all those yes. options. And, you know, uh, I was Ron Rivera is one of my favorite – was one of my favorite Bears. Uh, loved him as a linebacker, uh, defensive coordinator for the Chargers. Uh, also, you know, just – Chargers, Bears, everywhere he's been, he's had success. Even with the Carolina Panthers, you knew that that was what their formula was going to be. They're going to play physical defense with Luke Keekley, and they're going to run the ball, right? And the same thing applies here for, for Washington. They are going to play physical up front, try and win the line of scrimmage, but they want to beat you into submission. Um, offensive, I just think that their offensive line, there's going to be yeah. some opportunities for us. I think we have to put pressure on them. Every week we're going to say this. you got to win the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Hell, everybody in the league is saying the same thing. Win the line of scrimmage. But it's going to be important for us, especially with Gibson, because of the kind of wiggle that he has. He's talking about Gibson's patience. He really is. I mean, he's not one of those guys that try 
tries to hit the hole too fast before it, it's open, he's really trying to find his way and read his blocks, and he does a good job uh, of doing that. I think our ability to put pressure on these guys up front and close those running lanes down is going to be important for us to just hold these guys off because if they are able to establish any part of their running game, everything else is going to start to open up. Now, I guess fortunately for us, we don't have to worry about the tight end yeah. aspect of it, but they still have some guys on the outside, man. And look, Terry McLaurin is a guy that you know, but DeAndre Carter, DeAndre Carter, you have to watch him because we've struggled versus his. He's the prototypical guy that gives us problems. Short, speedy, and, yeah. can, and, and can work uh, into space. The other thing, man, just the last thing about Taylor Heineke, he's feisty, man. He's a mm-hmm. feisty guy. He's going to keep scrapping. And, and just like most quarterbacks, if you give, you give me a phenomenal defense and a serviceable quarterback, you can win some games. And yep. that formula still works in the NFL. Especially when you can run the football. Boom. Like you said, it opens everything up. And that's how Taylor Heineke has still won football games is because the running game has opened things up. I'm going to go back to week four. I'm going to read off the running totals from Washington as a team since week four. This is pretty incredible. They are still ranked ninth in the NFL, 124 yards per game. But this is what they've done lately after kind of a pitter-pattering to start the year. 122 versus Atlanta. 131 versus New Orleans. They only had 94 against Kansas City. Kansas City kind of shut them down. 195 against Green Bay in a bounce-back game. 112 against Denver. 94 again against Tampa Bay. So the two Super Bowl teams were the only teams that held them under 100 yards to this point. 190 against Carolina. 152 against Seattle. And then 112 against Las Vegas. Since a trend there, yeah, of they're course. pretty good at running the football. And they can do it with the committee as well. And when I, you go back and watch the film, one of the things I think that changed is they started using Heineke more under center yep. and giving Gibson a little bit more leverage in the background, you know, in the backfield to get going downfield. They use a pistol uh, a lot. And I think that is what's changed their running game. You look at the four games that they lost, you go, going it back to the Saints, the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Broncos, their running game was just in disarray. I mean, they had some, you know, garbage time runs and things like that. But you go against those defenses, your offense just isn't clicking. You're putting up 13 points, 10 points. I mean, where your offense is sputtering. And even to the point where they've won some games, it's not like they're 30-burgering here, 40-burger there. They're still – it's a slow-paced offense. And even with as great as they are in the run, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL in the red zone. So, Mm -hmm. you know, something something doesn't compute which one of these kids are doing their own thing. And we've got to figure out how to keep them out of the end zone. They are straight up 50% in the red zone. That's 29th in the league. That ain't good. That's not very good, is it? (laughs) Not very good. Now, with that being said, you mentioned the route runners, and that's the thing that also kind of gives me pause whenever looking at this matchup because not only are you talking about, like you said, McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, it's almost every wide receiver on their roster knows how to route run, knows how to cook in the second level. Is that something that the secondary for the Cowboys is going to struggle with going into Sunday? I think this is going to be a challenging game in terms of playing – Sound defense at the defensive back position under under 14 yards. So there's so most of the route tree comes under 14 yards. It's not a deep threat. It's not a deep threat team. This is this is a hey these guys are gonna route try to route you up five six yards catch it get yak yardage just like you know to Heckman's point this is a very physical team. These guys don't have a problem taking that little five yards and you know was it three yards in a cloud of dust they're they're okay with that they are perfectly we love fine. that they they <laughs> they are okay with that and so you're gonna have to be 
very sound defensively to not get your hips turned to the sideline. These, def- these D- DBs are going to have to be squared up, keep their hands on guys, and stay square. Second of all, these guys are going to have to tackle. They're going to have to tackle their butts off in the secondary. At the, anywhere from the second level to the secondary, they're going to have to tackle because the defensive line, I think, is going to have their hands full. Even though I think that they can win with leverage up front, if they don't, if they pull an old school pole and start standing mm. up and start getting moved side to side, it's going to be a problem because of how these boys play uh, downhill. That name keeps getting dragged through the mud on this show. Hey. Don Terry Poe. No, that's bad. Um, <laughs> that's bad. Do you travel digs with McLaurin? No. No. Keep him to the side? Yeah. You agree? Yeah. I, you know, I think you you switch it up. I, maybe not the whole game. I think there are situations with them. I think Taylor Heineke, his deep crossing routes are just balls. He can make that throw. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think that he can make every throw. Yeah, I think I he struggles. Yeah, I don't think that you That's have why to, they keep it under 15 yards for the most part. <laughs> I, I don't guess. believe you have to play these guys man to man. I really play them in the zone. I think you could play zone with these guys and try to keep your you box, doing that cover two shell. To keep your box as sound as possible. I wouldn't go cover two shell. I'd want to keep another man down there close to the line of scrimmage because yeah. you know okay. they're going to try to win this game running, running so is this the ball. A Dan Quinn cover three defense. This is a cover, sort of deal. Yeah, this is a cover three oh. deal. But but the thing is, like your second I'm, again, I'm, I'm gonna keep saying this. Your second level has to tackle this game. They have to tackle. If they don't tackle, if they don't close those holes and close those gaps, it's going to be a long freaking day. And what's your confidence level that they're going to go up and tackle? <laughs> there's, <Wow>. there's the pause. <laughs> because we have shown repeatedly as of late that we're not as physical as we were the first half of the season, and that mm-hmm. concerns me. Mm. That concerns me, especially against a team like this. That's my worry against this team. Not skills, not that these guys have so much talent, not that their schemes are so uh, amazing. This is a physical team, yeah. right? This is a physical team. The last physical team that we that we handled was New England. We won that game. That was awesome. Physical, though, right? Gave us problems because of that. I would argue the Raiders were physical. The Raiders would fly around. They're, they're competitive. They're, yeah. they're super competitive. But in terms of, I guess in terms of strategy, in terms of, hey, we, we are going to just we're coming downhill. We don't give a mm-hmm. doggone that you that you know we're coming downhill. We're coming downhill at you. This is going to be with one of those type of games. And guess what? We'll sprinkle in, you know, we'll sprinkle in Heineken every, every so often. That's why you can't play a whole lot of man because he will take off and get that five yards and keep those chains moving. Yeah. So that's the reason why you don't want to play man against these guys. You don't want to give McLaurin, you don't want to give uh, Samuel an opportunity to have extended plays and now all of a sudden it's harder <clears> to <throat> stick guys longer as the play you know, duration continues. So you want to go ahead and zone it up and make sure that you're sound right there in that box, man, because that's where it's going to be won or lost. Heineke's not going to beat you dropping back and throwing the ball. He will beat you if you try to play man-to-man and, he, and you allow him to get out and extend plays. And the reason man-to-man, just just elaborating on that, yeah. reason why man-to-man is such a factor is that your DBs will have their back turned while yep. he's running towards them. Absolutely. Um, but in this game, one of the keys to victory is going to be meeting, matching their intensity. Yep. We can't... We, in weeks past, we've had a problem with starting slow. Mm-hmm. And I think even just... Hey, just feel like we're, we're a little foggy going into it. This other team is primed and ready to go. This is going to be a playoff atmosphere yes. in Washington because they understand what they have at stake here. I just we we have to put, make these tackles. When you say be physical at the at the latter half or back half of the defense, I agree with that. I just believe that you have such talent back there that you can mix some of these things up. Mm-hmm. I think he's they tilt their hands on a lot of things that they do. They try and run a lot of motion just so that you know Heineke knows what he's in. But I, I believe that's where you can confuse them. Uh, the short routes that they are going to going to throw. Diggs last year versus Terry McLaurin. If you watch the tape, boy, there's a couple of times McLaurin took him to church. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just true for the 
matter. I just think he's so much better now at those crossing routes and breaking on uh, crossing routes. But getting that pressure up front, I think, is going to make the difference for Taylor Heineke. Again, he's serviceable. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you're, he's good enough for you to win with him, but you can also force some mistakes. And those mistakes that he makes is once he starts getting happy feet, he will run because he's an athlete. You know, he'll go back to what he knows. He's going to try and run the ball. If you make force him to do that, and then he looks up at the last minute and try and get rid of the ball, that's where you could get some interceptions. I, th- I completely agree with you because I think, one, Riverboat Ron is watching this show, and he's going to clip that and send that to, to Taylor and say, hey, here's your, here's your motivation. Oh, man, don't you serviceable. Man, if that's what's getting you going in the morning, please use me. <laughs> Let's but go. I, no, I agree with you completely. I think this is a game where you have to be physical from a defensive standpoint, and you're going to have to step up and have some guys step up, even though you can't sit back and say, oh, our guys are back. Let's have some fun now. No, 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 no. no. I mean, this is a wake-up game. You need Vander Esch, you got to step up. Neil has to step up. Curse is going to have to tackle at that, at that level as well. He doesn't have a tie, big tight end to worry about now. His, his, his most of his responsibility this game Please is, elaborate. Off his, is off his Please lap. elaborate why 42 and 55. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we come back, yeah. Let's do it when we come back. Let's take our break, and let's elaborate on that. Who needs to step up and be physical? Also, who has been the biggest surprise for the Cowboys' defense? Well, we return with more Talking Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor on Talking Cowboys. Isaiah, stand back with these gorgeous Essilor lenses. Those are awesome. I can see everything with those. 
Hey, now that Rob's not here, three one hundred percent of the show has been taken care of by Essilor at some point. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Mm. Essilor's awesome. I yeah. Like yeah, they're our friends over there. We need to get Rob there. Yeah. We need to just kidnap him and take him there <laughs> at some point. Rob's a busy man. He's a busy man. I get it. The movie Kicking and Screaming. Yes. <laughs> <movie's> awesome. <laughs> little Will Ferrell action. Yeah. Awesome yeah. movie. Yeah, no, that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> Final segment here of Talking Cowboys. Hecma Harrison, Isaiah Standback, Chris Beam in the back. And we left it on a cliffhanger going into the mm. segment. A dun, little dun, bit of dun. a cliffhanger of asking who needs to step up? Against the Cowboys, or excuse me, against the Washington offense from that Cowboys defense. There's a, there was a mention of a number 55 mm. and maybe a 42. Mm. Who out of those guys needs to step up more, Isaiah? 55. Why? He's supposed to be our big physical linebacker. Supposed to be our big physical linebacker. And I'm not in the business of, of calling anybody out, but I feel as if he is not upholding the, the ask and the responsibility that they they have placed on him this year, but that's a call out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I mean, it's, it's I just go off what I see. You right. know, what I mean, I just call how I see it. Um, stats along, stats aside, I just I see him retreating more than I see him attacking. The there's a reason why they didn't re up him, and it's showing up. It's showing up. There's a reason why they didn't they didn't grab that 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 fifth year or whatever it is. It is showing up. Last game in particular, watching him, I'm like, go, come downhill. Please come downhill. We need you at the second level to be physical. Who else is going to be physical at the second level aside from Micah? Again, that's why I say if Micah's not there, we got a freaking problem Hmm. because nobody is stepping up to be physical at that second level. There is nobody that you circle on on, on the roster right now that says you say, he's going to bust you in your mouth. Maybe curse. That's, that's that's third level, but yeah, that works, I, that works I, down you're to right. the second level. You know, like so, like that's what I'm saying. At that second level, who are you circling to say we got to worry about this dude? Or even guess what? You can't just go you you can't just go lock up with him because you can, you can run him to the sideline. Like he's not being what we need him to be, and we and we have to figure that out because as you guys know, as we go further and further in this season, and hopefully into the playoffs, teams are going to come downhill, and they will double up, they will combo block on your on your, on your your nose guard and your D tackles, and work up to that next level, and if that person doesn't want the smoke, there's going to be big, big holes leading up to the KZ and all this, everybody else in that third level. No, that's a, that's a great point. I just wanted to make sure that you elaborated on that when yeah. you left off of the second uh, piece there, because, you know, last game, Layton had one tackle. Mm. Yeah, and that for a linebacker. Yeah, Yee. that's and one tackle. And the stat sheets show. I mean, it's like the proof is there. And they say, ah, and this guy don't lie. You, what you're talking about is him catching at the line of scrimmage or not scraping and Avoidance. filling holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, <laughs> it is it's weird to hear to, to think about Layton Vanderesh in that to that aspect because you have to think about him as a rookie. He was all pro as a rookie, and his whole game was being physical. Now I don't know if. If he's got, if he's injured, we hadn't heard about it any nope. any of that. He's out there, but we need him, especially specifically in this game, yes. to pick up the pace and be physical at the line of scrimmage. Also, Ken O'Neill. Neil has been making some tackles. He's been doing some really good things in, in pass coverage, but at the line of scrimmage, I think he gets washed out yeah. and he tries to run around blocks, and I think that gets him in trouble because he's a little bit lighter uh, of of a linebacker, but. Going back to Curse, I think there have been times where Curse is playing a lot closer to the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. than we even give credit for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he has acted like. But, but why though? 
because our linebackers. Because you need it. You need <laughs> that linebackers. physicality, you right? Yeah. But, but he's just operated. He's operated in that way. And that's where a lot of, I think, when teams have had success versus us in the running game, going back to the Denver game, you could just see it, man. They're, they're gashing us. And those – you know, those two phases of being able to find the two-way go and get on the backside, we just hadn't had a defender that could stop it or at least stymie that block. And that's my concern with this game. And I'm going to keep saying it because where these guys can be dangerous is what our guys are doing right now. They're going to combo block guys. They're going to try to wash one side of the, of the line one direction. They're going to leave one guy free. They're going to run somebody back, try to take his knees out on the back end. So D-Law, if Gregory comes back, your knees are going to – you better get your hands down. Because be they're just shooting straight at your knees. And they're going to clear you out. So now there's a gaping hole right there. And if your guys at the second level, linebackers, want to run around blocks and want to avoid linemen, leave it you home. are literally doing what they want you to do and there we will be in a world of trouble whole heap of trouble if these guys don't come down and be physical i'm just saying i'm just telling you how it is i've seen it too many times so are the linebackers getting a pass this year from a general standpoint i know we're really diving into it right now but from a cowboys nation standpoint i feel like there's not as much heat on the linebackers now that jalen smith's not a part of that group is that because just from a tag standpoint, late or not late Vanish, Micah Parsons is categorized yeah. as a linebacker. Yeah. But outside of Micah Parsons, linebackers have not played exceptionally That's well. That's why I brought up the point I said. Yeah. If you take Micah out the picture, which I hope never happens, what do you have? Mm. No, that's a great point. Um, and going back to the, you know, just watching film and watching the Carolina game that Jalen played in, and you could tell the differences in speed from our linebacker group. Yeah. I think we've gotten a lot faster since then. Um, just the tackling just hadn't been there at the line of scrimmage or tackles for loss. That's where Micah is so much better, and we don't know where Micah's going to line up. Yeah. So you want to, yep. you want to, you want to, you know, well, do a critique? Hell, well, you don't Michael know if he's going to be edge well, or linebacker. <laughs> well, Micah wants to smoke. Right when you walk up there as an offensive lineman, you look up, you see Mike, and you're like, ooh, if I go up to that next level, I got to bring my big boy draws. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I outweigh him by 70 pounds, I got to bring my big boy draws because I know he's going to bust me in my chin. Uh, the mother cats next to him? Nah, I can handle them. Yeah, they don't. I and mean, then those other cats don't have the. Well, no, Leighton is as big as him. Well, there it is. Okay. Leighton's like, what, 6'4, 255? Yeah, he's a big yeah, That's he's a large a big human guy. being. Now, he's catching. He's catching. But this is, this is why important. Why this game is so important. And, and how Washington has gotten their running game going is really kind of something we need to look at yeah. uh, on how we need to get our running game back going. It's just, look, one of this game particularly, guys like Osa Digizua mm-hmm. uh, up front, if not Neville Gallimore, but Tristan Hill, it's going to be imperative yeah. that our, our techniques, that, that they play so- sound and they gobble up those blocks to allow our linebackers to, to be able flow. to flow and shed. Uh, we hadn't had that uh, a lot uh, because this, it's been, we've been interchanging yeah. guys. But, you know, I don't know. There's going to be – as soon as these guys get back, there's going to be an odd man out on our mm-hmm. defensive front. I don't know exactly who that's going to be, but I don't know if we can have everybody. Uh, on yeah, those the, the the fact that Brent Urban's not available for the rest of the season gives you an extra spot to work with. But you're right, I, I think especially at the edge rusher spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, having all those guys and then Micah Parsons rotating in as well. Are you really going to need to keep all those edge rushers? Probably not. It's probably not the case. You'll probably have to move somebody down to the practice squad or put them on waivers. So there are decisions to be made now. Really quickly before we wrap up, I know Chris is going to get uh, get us on time here for a sec in a second, but. Most surprising piece of the Cowboys defense, real quickly, who has it been throughout the course of this season? I mean, I'm going to go with the easy one, and that's Jerron Curse. Yeah, yeah, me too. 
curse all the way across the board. I agree. He's played phenomenal. And like we just said, the ability that he has to come up to the line of scrimmage is huge because outside of Micah Parsons, the speed might be better at the the second level than it has been in years, but the physicality has not been. And that's something we're going to talk about. And you mentioned getting the Cowboys run game jump started. That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Cowboys offense versus the Washington defense. But that's it for us here on this Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys. For Chris Beam in the back, Isaiah Stanback, the great Heckma Harrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. Miss you, P. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!